With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 87 of the College Loop Podcast. And someone just had a train roll by. Tara, was that you? Or that no, that would be Colin. Yeah, I tried to mute there. Um, <laughs> you, you know Auburn, we got the train. That's right. Yeah, that one train that just goes at the worst hours of the night. Uh, but yeah, just, <laughs> Colin, I guess you know what? How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, the train, the train's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm borderline used to it. I, little embarrassed, but we're good. <laughs> Colin's shaking up. It's still going. I don't know if you can hear it. No, uh, we can only hear the only hear the horn. Uh, Tar, how you doing today, man? Hey, man, another day in paradise uh, down here in Macon, Georgia. So I mean, who's to, who's to complain? And uh, complaining doesn't help. I've tried, but <laughs> we're, really, we're, we're moving and shaking. You sound so happy to be here today. I am. No, I am. My voice is my voice is shot. Um, boys had a big win last night. The Bacon Boys did, and it was hype. It was very hype. So lost the voice. Yeah, a little. Let's have a little insight. Inside knowledge on the making bacon. How how's how's the season going? Where are y'all at in the playoff? Finished second in the first half of the season. So that's broke up into two seasons. Uh, seasons first half, second half. Uh, if you win each respective half, you get an automatic bid as a, as a one seed in the playoffs. Only four teams make it. Um, so finished just short. Uh, we're in line. We'll wind up making the playoffs, even if if we don't win outright. Which the way the boys are playing right now, we will probably win outright on five straight. Um, so uh, if not, we'll, we'll get one of the at large bids. My voice is telling you going in, going in and out. Um, pitching needs a little help just because uh, a couple of guys got drafted. We had a guy last night. Here's a fun story really quickly. Guy who was supposed to start for us last night. Uh, I actually can't disclose his name because he's not inked his deal yet. But he was supposed to start for the Making Bacon last night before the lineups were published. Got a call when he was going through walkthroughs and, and warm-ups that he'd been signed by a major league club and uh, walked off the field, packed his bags, and got on a plane. <laughs> So good for him. I mean, we're hyped for him. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll and take, we'll take losing guys to the league any day of the week. Yeah, uh, another team I will say does does not really care for losing guys to the league that they did uh, yesterday and the day before. Uh, but just to move into Auburn football first, uh, to talk about some guys who have not got who are not eligible to get drafted yet, and true freshman Keldrick Falk, who twenty four seven has listed as one of the fourteen impact true freshmen in the SEC. And I mean, just going into, we've talked about Keldrick Falk a lot. Uh, the five-star, 
per 24-7, or not 24-7, per Rivals. And we've always said that Rivals is the premier place to go to when you're looking for rankings on Keldrick Falk. That's correct. Right. I mean, I've, I've been a long proponent of this. Yeah, and the big time, uh, I'm forgetting where he went to school. I, it's at the on the tip of my tongue. Highland Home, Alabama, yep. Highland Home High School. Uh, again, you know, the guy picked Auburn over Florida State, probably the biggest pickup in that class of 2023. And it looks like everyone and their mother agrees that he is going to be a star day one for the Tigers, if not maybe week two or three. One of the early weeks of the season, we're going to see Keldrick Falk run out there on the, on the starting lineup. Agree. Uh, 100%. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, how much to expand on this one here, fellas, other than the fact that we expect him to be a pre- premier contributor uh, on that, that defense. And I'm not, in, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not shocked at all that, that he's put on the watch list. I don't think it's going to be the only watch list that we'll see him put on in terms of preseason uh, accolades, especially as a freshman. Uh, I think that we've talked a lot about him being instant impact. And uh, honestly, now it's, we're getting down to being able to count down the days to not just talking about what he could be. I think, here in a couple months, we're going to be talking about what he is and 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 what level of, of early onset talent development that we've seen and and really a good benchmark of, of things to come for what could be a really fun three to four years at Auburn for him. Yeah, and I mean, per Phil Still and his new college football preview that just came out, you know, the holy grail of the season that really lets you know when the college football season is getting real close. We are now, as this comes out, 51 days away from the college football season. And even Phil Still has Kildred Falk as a starter for the Auburn Tigers when that so go get your go get your Phil Still magazines are out now. It's a free promotion just strictly because I can't stand the other two that come out around a month prior. Uh, and that's just a little beef that I have. But the but talk about a guy who 24-7 is currently predicting Auburn uh, to pick up uh cornerback Jalen Crawford who is narrowing down his uh, announcement date. I have it somewhere around me as I'm rambling on uh jalen crawford is going to be announcing his commitment i believe on saturday and he'll be picking between auburn florida and lsu yeah bring me all the dbs Dylan. bring bring them all uh, I, I want all of them uh, from parkview high school in Lilburn, georgia uh, adjacent to my hometown where actually used to be the voice of the uh, beginning of our podcast our intro song our intro intro beat billy nash is from um Jalen Crawford's a guy I've kind of had my eye on for a little bit um, just because of the hometown nature um, and, and his his ties to where I grew up. But this would be huge, man. I mean, Auburn is slowly creeping toward, I don't want to say DBU is not the right term because we throw that around so much, right? We throw, we throw it around a ton. I'm, I'm not going to say DBU, but a hot spot for defensive backs to come in and say, hey, look, I can get better. And I, I, I can really sell myself here and be part of something. Jalen Crawford could be the next next piece of this. And, I mean, just look at what Hugh Freeze has done in such a short stint of time in terms of the DB room. And that's one room we were all kind of like, eh, I don't know that it needs work. Like, it needs work, but, like, it doesn't – it should not be subject 1A of the conversation. And th- this is interesting to me. I know we had, th- had, what, three crystal balls, two crystal balls to Auburn? Uh, for Jalen Crawford? Yes, two. Uh, two? Steve, uh, Steve Wilfong and Christian Clemente. Uh, both crystal balled uh, Jalen Crawford to come to Auburn. We'll see how that, that pans out, fellas. But, Colin, I mean, I – one, Clemente's not wrong a lot. I'm, I'm going to go and just yeah. put that out there. He's just not wrong a lot. Um, and, two, it makes sense, right? I think it does make sense. And I think taking him – 
from the state of Georgia. I, I want as many people from the state of Georgia and the state of Alabama. Those are the two that I want us recruiting like crazy. I want to take people from Kirby. I want to take people from Saban. I get that he's not looking at either of those schools in his top three, but you see he is looking at like LSU, Florida, both SEC schools, both with pretty prominent, historically good DB schools. So there we you're go. taking him the true, from the two, true controversy about DBU, right? Yeah. LSU and Florida both have a, pretty good argument lsu probably a little more than florida but lsu produces not lsu florida produces first round draft picks pretty frequently at the corner position so i think taking him from those two premier schools in the same conference is huge yeah and just looking over jillian crawford's like his scouting report he seems like the kind of guy that would play for auburn an aggressive cover corner and uh, looking back at the last few years of Auburn defensive backs, Roger McCreary and Carlton Davis come to mind when I think of aggressive cover corners. And Jalen Crawford has the potential to be the next one of those guys, even if he just wants to be the next Jalen Crawford. And I think he can do that at Auburn. And a, in a class that is currently filling up with an entire new array of defensive backs. Because uh, if Jalen Crawford were to commit to the Tigers, uh, he would now be the, I believe, fourth. Defensive back? Fourth DB. Yeah, Amon Lane, uh, Jaden Lewis, Kinsley Faustin, and then, you know, maybe some other dudes who are who are waiting around for their commitment date. Uh, August 5th, we're going to hear about K.J. Bolden, where he's going to go, and, of course, Joe Lewis-Solomon, who's also committing on the same day as K.J. Bolden. And that, that you fully reload on your defensive back room, and especially after picking up Kyan Lee and keeping Austin Osbury and J.D. Rim. Uh Auburn, uh, Wesley McGriff and Zach Etheridge are kind of set for life right now. Yeah, for sure. That also brings up an interesting future kind of down the road, like later future Auburn problem. Uh, how do you keep all of them year to year? Uh, seriously, that's uh, that if, if, if you're able to pull a large DB class again this year, how do you keep everyone? And, and that's kind of the sweet spot you want to operate within. I mean, Nick Saban does it every day. Kirby Smart does it every day where guys transfer out of those programs that could be playing a lot of places and go play and go get drafted at other places because the rooms are so crowded. Uh, that's the problem you want to establish at every position. If the DB room is the first position to lead that charge and it winds up shaking out that way under, under Hugh freeze. I mean, I'm not mad. I love me some DBs. Everybody, everybody that watches the show knows that. <laughs> so be very interested to see uh, and keep our eyes on that commitment. And, and like, as you mentioned, a slew of other, potential DB names that we've mentioned and maybe a couple we haven't. Uh, so uh, something, something to keep our, our eyes peeled on in that regard. Yeah. And uh, with Jalen Crawford committing on the 15th, just want to remind everybody some other commitment dates to keep your uh, eyes out for DeMarcus Riddick, July 26th, KJ Bolden and Jaleel Solomon again, August 5th. And we did hear the sad news about Casey Poe committing to Alabama. Surprising. No one might I add. Yeah, Nobody. <laughs> nobody. But, yeah, that's pretty much it for, for football. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode where we're going to be doing, continuing our position by position preview. And it kind of just depends on, Tar, it kind of depends on uh, your availability uh, when you want to pre-record your defensive back previews. Uh, and if not, we can just hammer in the running backs. So two let's, positions. Uh, let's chat after the show and see what that, what that looks like. Huh? <laughs> two positions that I think all of us are pretty high on. So yeah, not a, not a bad answer. Not a bad answer anyway. No. Uh, but yeah, just to... 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm guessing you're going to hand me the keys to the Ferrari here. So we're going to we're, we're going to take it. Let, it's my favorite time of the week. It's theoretical Thursday, but we're talking to Auburn basketball right here on the College Loop. And that's my favorite way to live life is to talk college basketball right here. On, on the loop because I am a uh, hoops enjoyer, if you will, especially at the collegiate level um, and professional somewhat. I was watching a little summer ball, a little uh, summer league right before we hopped on the show, actually. Watching my man Grady Dick do his thing, man. That guy's, he's special. Anyways, uh, Dylan's laughing at the amount of Grady jokes that you can make. Anyways, let's hop into Auburn Hoops. Let's talk Theoretical Thursday. Fellas, what if, I'm going to open this one up. Just initial reactions, initial reactions, open it up to Colin, to the intern, Dylan. Hmm. What if Sharif Cooper does not turn pro after his freshman year and stays with the Auburn Tigers for another year? Well, I think that has a complete domino effect on how our team looks today, honestly. But to start off, I feel like you don't get Wendell Green in the transfer portal. Sure. So you're – your starting five, I assume, this year would be what? Um, so you've got Sharif at the one. We we keep Zep for his you, defensive you keep pres- pres- I say he I say he comes in, uh, transfers in still, and then you've got um, what is his name? J-Wall? I know his name. Alan Flanagan was the one I was thinking of. Oh. And then we've got our front court, uh, Bari and Walker. And I think if you throw that starting five out there, I think there's. A, a deep run in March Madness. I think you get past the second round. I don't. With the I don't comp- go ahead, no, go ahead, you, you go. Yours. I was just gonna say we we have an upgrade at the point guard spot, and that was our our issue because obviously your front court's not not the issue in 2021, 22. Yeah. Um, if you have someone that is as comfortable with the rock as Sharif Cooper and is just as talented at dispersing the ball to all the other talent on that team, I think you make a deep run. I, I like that take, Colin, because I, I kind of want to expand on it. I agree with you. You don't get Wendell Green Jr. And and that, like you said, has a domino effect because then what does the guard play look like in 2022 to 2023? They're, they're, like, like you said, it's a snowball. But let's just look at that 21 to 22 squad, in my opinion, the most talented squad talent-wise, probably in the history of Auburn basketball. Um, I don't think many people would disagree with me. It's not a hot take in the slightest. Yeah, I, I, don't think <laughs> I, I would be interested to hear the people that would disagree with that. You have Shreve, Shreve Cooper running the one, and then, like you said, Zepp at the two. You probably start Alan Flanagan at the three, but you have this opportunity to go with the tall lineup where you have Jay Will coming off the bench at the three. Your fours are your fours, Jabari Smith, uh, Jr., and, and, and five is Walker Kessler. This group, is, that starting five is unequivocally the best starting five probably in the country. Just, uh, just, just to call a spade a spade. Um, there were a couple of weeks that year that even without Sharif Cooper, a lot of people thought that was the best starting five in the country. A lot of people were right. Um, just, just, just my, my, my thoughts. I mean, that guys, that team's short lived tenure in March is going to drown and suffocate its legacy for being the greatest Auburn basketball team of all time. Just 
talent-wise alone. And a whole lot of other layers there. But when you have Sharif Cooper distributing the basketball, like like Colin said, with a guy who's so comfortable with the rock in his hands, with a guy who is so good at, at, at drawing attention going into the lane and facilitating. I mean, it's 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 almost at a very at its very core, almost pickup basketball esque, where you can get the one one dude that can handle the ball, go into the lane and pull defenders in. Right. I mean, it's it's at some point, and then and then that flex offense that you run, it becomes a work of art, even more so than it was when Wendell Green was on. You also pick up, and this is no slide at Wendell Green Jr. I'm going to get some people thinking that I hate Wendell Green Jr. in the comments. That is absolutely unequivocally not true. No, no questions about that. But Shreve Cooper has the clutch gene. You can't coach it. You can't coach it. And pe- people are going to think I'm calling out Wendell for, for the Arkansas game that year. I, I, I a little bit am, just, just to be completely candid. There is a definitive upgrade. You have a guy with a higher basketball IQ. I still argue probably higher confidence and and just has that clutch gene X factor that it opens up a whole new window of, of possibilities. I can't tell you that that team would have won a national championship because March Madness is so damn random. But no one's going to talk about what that bench would look like here in a second. I'm certain that's why I haven't touched it. <laughs> I already, I already How'd knew. you know that? Yeah. <laughs> what? I, 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 haven't, I haven't touched it. There are so many layers here, fellas, that, I mean, the national championship would have had to been the expectation. It wouldn't, wouldn't have been a failure otherwise, but there would have been a lot of people saying that of your bust, and they would have all been correct. It changes the entire landscape of Auburn hoops to this point, but for that year alone, Damn, that might have been one of the best basketball teams in college basketball history. Dylan, go ahead. Yeah, you're looking at the bench. Uh, yeah, I knew you were going there, so I didn't take it. Dadgum mind reader over there. So after Sharif right, would probably pause. are you being serious? I was I was I'm looking at the depth chart right now. Look, are you being serious about like being shocked that I knew you were going to the bench? I'm not at all. Okay. okay. You just did a little bit different than I would have done. Like whenever we talk about wide receivers, I go to Koi Moore just so you don't have something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i only know about cameron brown and that is it like yeah a- after after coy more that depth chart tar doesn't have anybody else to talk about in the wide receiver room no. <laughs> and it's just coy more no one else uh but look at the bench i mean yeah if you take out wendell green uh you have katie johnson to probably go up right behind sharif and i mean katie that year was ridiculous second on the team in points i uh, after i would assume after zep would either be lee or Possibly, he'd be the backup. Probably not. Backup two. Come on. And then, of course, if you have either Flanagan or Jay Will coming off the bench, I mean, you can't go wrong with either one of those two. Uh, after Jabari, you have uh, David Cambridge and Dylan Cardwell, and probably one of his better years, uh, more consistent years, I would say. Uh, out of out of his two, the last two, I would say twenty twenty one was probably his most consistent one that he had. Uh, overall, a pretty decent bench. One that could have only been helped by the fact if Auburn could still find a way to pull in Wendell Green uh, from EKU. You see, Devin Cambridge might be the most – you didn't have this on your bingo board. I knew this. I'm about to talk about Devin Cambridge here on the college loop. That might be the most interesting part and piece of that bench in terms of how much he would have been impacted specifically from playing – with Sharif Cooper. It would have been Lob City. 
And I'm, I'm, I'm really, I, I'm not just saying that. Devin Cambridge's last year, what would eventually be his last year at Auburn, legacy completely different if he doesn't feel like he has to shoot that three ball. Completely different if his job is to get boards and backdoor cuts to the to the bucket where Reef can dish passes that let's be honest, guys, only Sharif Cooper can dish at at it in not in that scale. I mean, there are there are guys like Steve Nash that would like a word, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but Shreve Cooper doing Shreve Cooper things and on the facilitating end. And and on top of that, the guy can score. It is not disappointing because you needed Shreve to go for recruiting tactics. You you did. And, And I get that. But I think that there's a tremendous benefit for Auburn, but I think there's also a tremendous benefit for Shreve Cooper if he stays for another year. I mean, fellas, where's Shreve Cooper right now? Probably still G League. I get that. Where does Shreve Cooper go in the NBA draft if he stays one more year at Auburn? A little higher. I don't. I don't think he goes first round, but I think he improves his stock tremendously. We we mentioned this in, on last uh, Tuesday show. It's just the height thing for me. I can't sure. look past six foot Shreve Cooper and say he could be an NBA man. I I don't disagree with you. Dylan does. I know he's about to chirp in, but <laughs> his stock's higher, and I think. You stay another year at Auburn and you play at the level that Shreve, I mean, if he did Sharif things, like the, the, the small sample size we saw of him in college ball, I mean, damn. You you play at that level and you progress, you get a shot at the league. I'm not saying you get a shot at being a star player in the league. I think you get a shot at being a bench guy. Is that unrealistic? I don't think so. I think that's – it's in the cards. It's just a long shot for me. I think he plays his way into an upper second round pick, like a first eight pick in the second round. And that's a domino effect effect of Shreve Cooper staying. Wendell Green, if he doesn't come to Auburn, you go into the uh, 2022-2023 season with Trey Donaldson starting at point guard, more than likely. Wow. That's a a whole other domino effect that that comes along with this. The fact that you don't have a guy to really – put in front of Trey. And I mean, we saw what he can do. We saw he was one of, he was probably the best player on that team uh, when when the tournament came around and he's still yes, yet to have missed a three pointer in March madness. Just put it out there. And then if you look at bodies, just, just bodies of guys that are on that roster for this past year, does chance Westry get a chance to figure things out? I mean, there's there, I know it's a big snowball and, and a stretch, right? But does Chance get a, get an opportunity? I mean, that's not crazy to say. That's why this conversation is so fun. Is because just the the one time that Shreve doesn't come back, it could have changed the entirety of how our team looks now. It could be like six different guys on our team. Certainly, it's 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 a snowball effect. I think that the Shreve Cooper conversation, like you said, is so fun because he was such a dynamic guy that really could shape shift what this roster construction looked like for years. Hell, Devin Cambridge has a good year. His last year at Auburn, I guarantee you he doesn't leave. Guaranteed. Promise. We were talking about, is Devin Cambridge coming back to Auburn this year? All right, folks, it's far enough away that I can admit that that was clickbait. But we were talking about, does Devin Cambridge want to come back to Auburn? I All speculation. I think so, probably, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think there's a reason he wouldn't want to be part of that program again. I don't think he really wanted to leave. I think he was kind of Bo Nix effect off campus. 
You know what I mean? Kind of the same concept on a smaller scale, say what you will. Nobody hated Devin Cambridge as much as they hated Bo Nix. I mean, sorry, Auburn fans, if I'm offending you. If you're offended, that means you were probably one of the people that were tra- dragging Bo Nix on the streets. <laughs> there, there was no, there was no rhyme for for benching Demarcus Cambridge, bench yeah. Bo, let TJ throw. There was none of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How about Devin Cambridge though? I, I would, I like, I like the idea of what you said, you Demarcus. Said, yeah, did I said Demarcus. Uh, is that his brother? No. I forget. Oh my lord. No. Sick. Oh. That's what back to back episodes with a blunder on my part, or is that yeah, it happens? Yeah, it happens. Uh just it's more, more this week though. And you bring up Devin Cambridge. I mean, he, I, I need to I wish I would have put up the stat line of how many threes he threw up that year. Cause I, for some reason he, he had a better three point percentage than Alan Flanagan did. And because he stopped games. shooting. Which it's not a bad thing. Auburn fans bullied Devin Cambridge into not pulling the basketball. Which is not a bad thing. <laughs> I don't disagree. <laughs> it's the brokest shot I've seen in a very long time. And what I you, I watched Horace Spencer take that shot. You felt bad for the rim, too, because he just put so much effort into the power yeah. that he forgot about the height part and just – Dinged the rim. Yeah, laser beamed off the back iron a lot. Yeah. Do you want to know how many he shot? Because I pulled it up right here. Oh, please. Can I guess? Yes, please do. He shot what percent from the field? 22. Or from, from, from three? 22. In 2021-22? Yeah. So from three. He took 74 he sh- shots. He shot uh, 22%. He took 86. I wasn't that far. The year before, he took 143, which yeah. I had no clue. Yeah, dude, used um, to be a sniper. Oh, this is still premier. This is still a big part of BP's offense is to just, if the three ball don't work, then it just don't work that day, but we're still going to do it. Yeah, there's another theoretical Thursday. What if Bruce Pearl still built his team by the three and D? What if the NBA draft respected guys who stayed for four years and Isaac Okoro stayed? <laughs> Imagine a team with a senior Isaac Okoro, a sophomore Sharif Cooper, and a two freshmen and Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. <laughs> Isaac Okoro and Sharif Cooper, both pre-NIL. Damn it! <laughs> I, I think that pretty much any Auburn fan would echo that sentiment, by the way. Yeah, you can't lie. Isaac's going anyways. Going oh, for sure. For sure. Reef, I think you can keep him. I oh. think you can pay for him. I think you oh, keep yeah. Thor there too, honestly. I don't think so. JT Thor is a whole different rabbit hole with a whole different situation. Okay. Yeah, I, I almost brought in room JT, Thor, and JT Thor was an interesting dynamic. Yeah, it was. Yeah, JT it? Thor in his 2020 campaign, 27 games, 9.4 points per game. Almost shot 30% from the three-point line. Auburn could have found a way to use JT Thor on that 2021 team, but I just don't think he was willing to stay. Dude, I have a real question. How often do you guys think of JT Thor as anything but an afterthought? Like, I, they, I'm, I'm going to be real. I'll be watching, like, a Hornets game on NBA League Pass, right? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, he went to Auburn while I was there. Like, <laughs> Let's see. He, he was in the what, – what, what, let me go back and look at his minutes real quick. Let that load in. He averaged 23 minutes a game, but I don't remember ever at a time where I'm like – yeah, JT Thor's taking over. 
Yeah, no. I, but yeah. he had so much hype around him. There was so much I hype think, around JT Thor. Well, he re, he reclassified too. Yeah. Yeah. Part of it, I that. think, is that's the COVID season. No one could go and watch in person, really. That was the that, year that was like socially distanced in Neville Arena, and it was only students. Was I, I, I take I, I hear you say that. Then I raise you Sharif Cooper and Alan Flanagan that year. Yeah, dude. I mean that that's well, the year they took over. I'm not saying your argument's invalid at all. But and it also that was the self-imposed ban, like you said. Like this, like mm-hmm. it it was like I forget that that season happened a lot, like often, like it, it is not etched in any part of my memory outside of the fact that Alan Flanagan was freaking awesome. And Sharif Cooper was so damn special and got screwed by the NCAA calling me shocked. But JT Thor is a piece that I'm, I often have to remind myself. I have his freaking t-shirt in my closet because I get all the guys that go from Auburn. I get their Jersey I forget that this dude went to Auburn, which is bewildering to me. If, for those of you who know me and my deep-rooted passion for Auburn basketball, like how how did I, I – this guy just flew under the radar, which is impressive because he's really tall. Did he get drafted before or after Reef? Before. Before. I don't know what the Hornets saw. That's like premier like bad Hornets though, right? Well, he's been a rotational piece for them. Yeah. They're not a good team by any means. He's a, isn't he two-way, though? Or is he strictly yes. Hornets? Yeah, he's two-way. He's two-way. Yeah. But it, not enough to, like, be a impact. I, I've never – I don't think I've ever seen a sports center like JT mm-hmm. Thor with the with the slam or with the clutch Which three. Or... Because he has a great name. Exactly. A great name. All right. <laughs> That's that. That's it for Theoretical Thursdays this week. If you guys want to hear your Theoretical Thursday concept – uh, your questions, drop them in the comments right here on the YouTube. Hit us on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, Facebook, whatever makes you happy, whatever medium works best for you. If you're hanging out with us here on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell. Also, follow along with our friends over at the War Report Podcast Network. Let's go over and talk on the Diamond, Dylan. And we have a little bit of news before we can get out of here. Yeah, so the M- MLB draft, almost said the NBA draft, on the basketball, the MLB draft is officially over all 20 something rounds of it. Auburn had three players from last year's team who were contributors uh, get drafted and Bryson Ware, Cole Foster, all guys we talked about so far, Chase Isbell end up getting drafted. I think in the 10th round 11, no later on, never mind. I think 15th round uh, to the Kansas city Royals, a team with some deep Auburn ties. If you uh, know who Bo Jackson is, <laughs> uh, but the key thing to the MLB draft is the fact that it's not about who got drafted or actually, wait, I'm going to save that comment for later on. I said about the five guys who got drafted, who were going to join the team in the 2024 season. Uh, we talked about Colt Emerson and Kevin McGonigal and Sam Mongeli already. And so that's two high schoolers in the first round that were coming to Auburn, but are no longer going. Can't blame them. It sucks. Can't blame them. Sam Mongeli transferred from Sacred Heart University. Still a great, great name for a school. Uh, got drafted to the Dodgers in the 10th round. And then on the third day of the draft, the Brewers picked up two more guys who I think, I don't remember if the, I think these are both high schoolers. Bjorn, Bjorn Johnson, there we go, in the 12th round. And Dylan Watts in this 18th round. Am I reading that right? Yeah, 18th round. For Dylan Watts. Yeah. Five guys that were coming, but are now going to 
to the MLB? Well, a couple of those for sure. We'll we'll find out who who who's who is yeah. going to join the squad and who's not. Yeah, uh, I mean, but the baseball Twitter does say shout out to our signees who were dra- who were selected. Oh, never mind. The mind mind did not work. But to go into the guys who didn't get drafted, because the undrafted guys are a lot bigger names in that group. I would say mine is Cole Foster and Bryson Ware, I guess. Uh, Nate LaRue went undrafted and pretty much shocked us all. We we thought a team was really going to take a big shot on him and draft him. But the Blue Jays did end up signing him to an undrafted free agent deal. And shout out Nate LaRue. I think he's one of the better players coming down the stretch, uh, especially hitting the ball. I uh, finally found a way to hit the ball right-handed with his left eye being dominant. Uh, and hopefully <laughs> uh, with the Blue Jays just having the home run derby champion, I, I, I'm assuming they're, their hitting coaches are pretty good and probably take a shot and fix Nate LaRue's. It has nothing to do with the fact that Vladdy is just a God-gifted talent, but yeah. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Maybe he hits better in Canada. That's – wait a minute. Yeah, We've not we thought need... of that. We need to see the sample size. <laughs> yeah, and we can take him, send him down uh, below the equator, and he can actually – instead of hitting right-handed, he can swing lefty because, you know, it switches when you cross the equator. That was the dumbest thing you've ever said on the show. I can't lie to you. Dude. I thought it was funny. Don't that, was, that was the dumbest thing that you have ever <laughs> said on this show. But another big guy who did not get drafted, Joseph Gonzalez, <laughs> did not get taken in the MLB draft. <laughs> and, and we're sending him south of the equator so he can he can throw with his other hand, apparently. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so there's a... I, no one signed him either, so there's a good shot that Joseph Gonzalez is going to be back with the Tigers. And I'm assuming his injury is probably what kept yeah, him from, from mm-hmm. picking him up. But if you can get him healthy, you have a new pitching coach in Everett Tiford. And if you build up the arms behind him, please, God, do that. Uh, <laughs> you can probably expect a pretty big year from Joseph Gonzalez in a For year. Sure. Uh, hopefully he gets – 100% and not playing at 60%. Listen, selfishly, selfishly, fellas, um, let's go. Let's freaking ride. Um, <laughs> now, I am also a Joseph Gonzalez supporter, truther and enjoyer, if you will. That's dumb as hell if that injury scared people off, by the way. That's just dumb. And and Major League Baseball, you can take as many prospects as you want. Someone should have reached out to him about at least a UDFA deal. Um this guy's going to come back on a warpath, uh, assuming that he's going to be ready for 2024 and absolutely make people look stupid. I'm, I am 100% in that camp. So, Jogo, use this as fuel. And um, let's just let's just let Jogo be the Paul Skeens of 2024. Who says no? <laughs> and he, Jogo joins a uh, long list of all the players who don't get drafted who I think Probably should have. Uh, starting off with Bobby Pierce, yeah. uh, you don't think? Yeah. I, I think later round Bobby Pierce could have went, but he still remains unsigned. To uh, Tommy Vale, who had a good last half of the season for that what it's worth. Uh, let's see who else is on this. Uh, Josh Hall. I don't think. What is on There's a draft. given you haven't said yet. Uh, Robbie Ashford. Yeah. Well, duh. <laughs> uh, who is your Who is your given? Casey Howell. Oh, I'm, I don't know why I don't see him. He's not on the MLB draft tracker. No kidding. Yeah, we, we, we knew. We knew. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised Casey Howell has not even got signed yet. He, 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 there could just be the 
uh, other ending to where he just didn't enter his name into the portal or the pool or anything, and he's just going on with his career. Okay, the alternative ending. Yeah, the alternative ending. The opposite. Go back to come back to theoretical Thursday next week. We're talking about if Case and Howe entered his name in the MLB draft, why he'd be going over <laughs> Paul Skeens. On theoretical <laughs> Thursday next next week, we will talk about if Case and Howell were to have entered his name in the MLB draft south of the equator. <laughs> I get it. First it overall bad, pick, right? It was a bad joke. I get it. Dude, I, I'm convinced that Dylan like Somehow, without us knowing, went like on, I don't know, on some extravagant vacation and realized that the toilets flushed the other direction. No, I just see it all the time <laughs> on social shit media. Blows mind. It's funny. It's awesome. I love it. I've heard it for years. I get it was a bad joke. It yeah, did not horrible. go over well in the crowd. Very bad one. Not good. Crickets were chirping. Yeah. But Colin and I actually exchanged like confused look, looks. Hey, yeah, if you watch it back, you'll, you'll see it. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm purposely going to – I have the timestamp memorized now. I'm purposely going to skip over this part. <laughs> Don't worry. It'll be a quote graphic. You know what? <laughs> Colin, you're fired. <laughs> Colin, tell everybody where they can find you. Love you, support you, hang out with you on socials. Yeah, just uh, follow my Twitter. It's um, at Byersdorf Colin, B-E-Y-E-R-S-D-O-R-F, Colin. Colin, one L. One L. One L. Colin. That can't take more than one in a day. Mm-mm, can't take yeah. two. That's right. I've, that's right. I've taken quite a few this episode. Uh, uh, you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'm Hair Sitar at By Hair Sitar on the Bird app. If you want to come hang out with me on Twitter and also at By Hair Sitar on Threads if you guys are there now. Um, so I'm hanging out on that Cringe Lord app. That's a lot of fun. I really hate it. The algorithm's really, really bad. But we're over there. I'm, I'm hanging out. Um, if you're hanging out with us on YouTube, I know I said it earlier today, but I cannot stress it enough. Like, subscribe, ring the bell. Also, shout out 400 subs. Come on now. Come on now. Let's rock. Welcome to the loop, folks. So Super, super pumped to have you guys. Tell us what content you guys are looking for. It's The offseason is winding down a little bit, actually, which is like awesome. We're very ready for football to be like at least on the ho- true horizon. But Tell us what kind of content you guys are looking for right here on the College Loop. Like, subscribe, ring the bell here on YouTube. Follow us on all of our socials. Dylan will tell you the rest and the rest of that shtick. But we really do want to hear from you guys. We want to hear your feedback. Ask us questions. We build build it into any show. That's what we are here for. And we appreciate all of you College Loop enthusiasts. All that to be said. Dylan, floor is yours, my friend. All you loopers out there. (laughs) All you are feeling loopy. (laughs) Feeling loopy. We are. So, yeah, follow us on Twitter at the College Loop. We are... Slow, as Tar said, we're 400 subs on YouTube. We are getting close to 400 followers on Twitter. So go follow us there. But you want to follow me on Twitter, not Threads. We're not going to Threads. Uh, Tar did that on his own power for no other reason other than we don't. We're know. going to Threads. I refuse as we the are content. Really going to Threads as a CEO of content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't as, want to go to as Threads. As a partial stakeholder in the company, we are going to Threads. <laughs> You will be running the thread, sir. Just saying. You will be going to threads. But yeah, come follow me on Twitter at your boy the tank. It's at Y A B O I the tank. It's also in the description below. While you're down there, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe yet again. Leave us more theoretical Thursdays. If you want to hear what would have happened if Jackson McFadden was wide receiver one against Alabama 2021, why Auburn would have won. We'll, we'll talk about we would have would blown him out. J Mac would have gotten eight touchdowns. 1,000 receiving yards all in the first quarter of the game. And it's it's crazy. It's a crazy stat line he would put up. But all that being said, it's been the College Loop Podcast.
you beat me to it there. <laughs>